from Los Angeles, California, it's Felice Navipod with special guest Dan Konopka. And now, here's Tony Thaxton. Christmas only comes around once a year. I wanted more time to see Santa and his reindeer. This podcast makes it feel like Christmas every day. It makes you feel like you're with Santa on his sleigh. Let's all have some fun and spread some Christmas cheer. So grab a Hello, ho, ho, and welcome to Felice Navi Pod. My name is Tony Thaxton. With me, as always, is Rigby. Yes, ma'am, that was Rigby. Guys, I, uh, not just I, I and Rigby, Rigby and I, have been missing lately. Uh, I apologize. I don't like when I don't have new episodes. Uh, do you not like it either? I don't know. I know at least like one of you didn't, but uh, we're back. We are back, and we are named Zach. That's not true. We are not named Zach. Rigby, your name's Zach. Didn't think so. Neither is mine. Um, I should probably not. I should probably just restart this, but I'm not gonna because all of that was very, very stupid. But what else is new? Why are we in the comedy section on iTunes? Because there isn't a section for stupid that's why um look things have been a little nuts on the personal side things have been a little nuts things have been a little crazy things have been a little wacky things have been hectic and i fell behind and also the show takes some work i'm not saying this don't get me wrong it's fun work it's delightful work i enjoy doing it but sometimes it's hard to pull off especially every week um and uh you know sometimes i start recording these and then just nobody shows up and we don't want just another episode of just me and you rigby uh that's just you know that's just a all snooze fest but uh we're back we're back i think I have a I have a good hunch that uh, somebody's gonna swing by today, um, but uh, so uh, look 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 you guys, I'm sorry that we've been gone, but we're back now. We're better than ever. That's not true, but we are back. And uh, let me just say, I kind of said it already, but just uh, some things. You know, we've been going on personal things, and uh, it's just—it's hard, you know. And just, uh, I just—I can't always get this done. It's like, you know, like you have things going on, and my schedule's not that busy, but I still—I can't even just get this done. It's like, oh, poor me, poor, poor, pitiful me. Me. These young girls won't let me 
song you guys if there's anybody over the age of 60 listening to this maybe you knew that song or you know what maybe you're a youngster maybe you've heard that song on the freaks and geeks program on the final episode if i remember correctly uh, but that's a, a warren zevon song that uh i really like i just think it's a fun song and uh you old folks might know it more as a linda ronstadt song or as i called her when i was a child Rhonda Stat. Um, and here's what, let me, you know what? I, that's a little freebie for you guys. Because, yep, you guessed it. I'm being promotional right now. Not emotional, promotional. I'm a professional emotional. Because um, here's the thing. Listen, Patreon. Patreon.com slash Tony Faxton. That's my name. Uh, you're welcome to wear it out if you'd like. I'd rather you didn't. But, uh, if you go there, uh, uh, you can pledge different amounts of money, and you can get different things for as low as a dollar a month. I will, I will send you a picture of Rigby every week being adorable. Uh, and then there's also there's things you can pledge a little more money than that. And uh, for just a mere $10 a month, I'm sending out cover songs every week that I'm performing and uh, I'm hoping to soon maybe get some some little guest stars in on the cover songs with me but right now I've just been picking random cover songs that that I really like and maybe they're songs you know and love maybe they're songs you've never heard but they're up to me and I'm covering them I'm recording them and I'm sending them out to the backers on Patreon and also if that's not enough for you a couple bucks more gets you a monthly bonus episode of Feliz Navipod. That's going to be happening later this week, so look out for that. And also start going ahead and sending your questions for that episode at Tony Thaxton on Twitter. Send me uh, some questions you want me to answer, 
And that's going to go out on the uh, bonus episode for the Patreon supporters. So go to patreon.com slash Tony Thaxton and uh, be a supporter and you'll get fun stuff. And uh, yeah. So I'm hoping, uh, now that I've got all of that business out of the way, that uh, I'm, I'm ready for uh, someone to stop by. Um, ready? Okay. Go. Oh, oh. Stop it. No. Stop. <laughs> this time, Rigby is also humping the cat. Let me go get the door. Oh, boy. Hey, Dan Kanopka. Hey, Tony. Hey, man. Come on in. It's nice to be back. It's good to see you. Oh, I haven't wow. seen you a ton lately. No. I saw you for the first time for in months, I think, the other yeah. day. Yeah. Yeah, I was gone for a long time. Yes. You're uh, in busy in OK Go mode right now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, we have just gotten back well, about two weeks ago from a seven-week tour. And that was uh, that was strictly U.S., that part of it, right? Yeah, that was U.S. Okay. That was uh, United States and Canada. And... Um, yeah, because <laughs> it it's kind of been a while since you've done yeah, something that long, right? Yeah, it's been a long time since we've gone that that long amount of time yeah. on the road. Um, I think if we would have done four weeks, it would have been like pretty comfortable. That's, but that's what I learned a, with with me after years and years. Like four weeks was kind of the the cutoff of where it turned into it stopped being as fun, and yeah. it turned into you used to start thinking about going home at that point. Yeah, yeah, and this tour was was even more. Was was even more unusual because uh, um, Tim and I, Tim, our bass player, Tim Norton, who was on your show with me last time, mm-hmm. uh, we are now DJing yeah. after show parties. And you were doing that pretty regularly, right? Yeah, yeah, we did. Uh, we did like ten or eleven of them during okay. during the tour, and um, those would start um, like maybe an hour or so after the gig. We wouldn't even get started DJing till like twelve thirty or one, and then we would do that until two, and then finally get back to the bus and you know get to sleep around four. Yeah, and just it was just like it was just like from, yeah. I mean, that really is a thing. Like of you, like you need that time to yeah. wind down. You can't just like walk off and then go to bed. Yeah, and and so it was just like sleeping on the bus till till one or two in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. It's not forty-year-old action, right? <laughs> it's just like, especially uh, coming from from a house with a three-year-old. Yeah, you know, like it's just very different. Uh huh. And so it was, it was tiring. It was yeah. tiring. But the show was really good. We we uh, changed our show a lot. Did you Did you see it? I didn't get to see it this time. Okay. Because um, I think it was one of those things where I realized it a little too late. Like, I yeah, think it yeah. was that we hadn't really talked a ton. And then I think, like, you know, I got on Twitter or something. And I was like, yeah. oh, they're in town tonight. Yeah, and it's yeah, happening totally. right now. And totally. I'm just now realizing. Um, yeah, we added a ton of stuff. It was like, uh, you know, I think double what you saw. You saw the tour before. It was like almost triple the amount of production we had uh-huh. all sorts I heard of- rave reviews you you helped out our our friend uh, Alex Robinson who has been on the show before 
uh, oh, in really? New York. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You, 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 he, uh, I think he already had tickets, but you helped him like get good spots. Oh, yeah, yeah, or something. yeah, yeah. That's yeah, right. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. And he, uh, he was, he and his wife were very, very thankful and raved about the show to me. So yeah, that was, uh, uh, it was good to meet him, and and uh, uh, yeah, the show is just, it was a huge production. Uh, like how we, so? Uh, elaborate a little bit. All right. Like, oh, I can. Basically, like what? Hmm, how would I start it? The main thing is that we have uh, kabuki screens, and we have three large kabuki uh, screens in front of the stage that you can project on, and then uh, you know they're they're all they all sit up in this thing called they're called kabuki diapers. Okay, and the diapers hold these huge sheets that come down, and you can you can kind of see through them if you backlight them. And you can project on them. So at certain points of the show, there's moments where, you know, you've got like a full-on movie screen in front of the page, and then you can see through it, and then that one drops. Plain view of the band, and then another kabuki will drop, and another thing that. So there's like three different kabuki scenes. And then behind the drum riser, there's two uh, uh, reverse project. Uh, let's see, how would you say it? They're, they're screens, but they're, uh, they're projected on from behind. So mm-hmm. with the kabuki screen down and lights in the middle on the stage, you can see the band. You can also see what's getting projected on the, the, the screens behind the drums. And then you can do uh, sort of a light projection on the front. And it just really makes this three-dimensional uh-huh. Uh, experience it's very nine inch nails it's kind of like the poor man's version of that okay um but it's really cool to watch and yeah I'm, i honestly bummed i missed it i honestly i wish well th- at some point we're going to have a, a high definition tape of it i haven't really seen it because i've only been on, on the, the drum side. riser yeah, so yeah, like yeah, yeah. i'm excited to see what uh what it looks like oh, during production rehearsals i got to see some of it but uh, uh it had changed throughout the tour and some of the content changed are these uh, when you guys because you guys do so much more than the normal band does? I feel like uh, as far as putting on a, a show and doing all these things, are are all of these? Are you guys actually like hiring people to with for the production side of it? Like as far as like coming up with the ideas, or is all yeah. of this coming from you? Oh no, no, we we uh, we uh, hired on a bunch of different creatives. Okay. Um, uh, Mary Fego, who's worked with Fego over the years, over the last sort of uh, pulled together a lot of friends and a lot of artists to make content for all this. So we had some, the tour before this one, we had some content and we added to it. We probably like Mm -hmm. from a whole different group of people and uh, they all came and, and like, uh, a lot of digital effects, not a whole lot of um, of like photography effects, but like more like inside of the computer kind of. And then uh, we had three guys on tour who were operating it all, coordinating it all, and getting it all. Oh, you had with three guys three just LD. for that. Wow, yeah. which is just a lot of yeah, that's... Dudes, that kind of thing. Uh, but they were all amazing, and they got it to work perfectly. Uh, right away and uh there wasn't a whole lot of mistakes i mean like they, they nailed it 
it was it was pretty daunting because we were rehearsing the show up until the last day, like the the, the last minute uh-huh. before we left. The, uh, the bus took off. Yeah, yeah. You guys always kill that stuff. So I feel like that was the years of Motion City touring. I feel like we could go out and put on, try to put on a fun show and and everything, but like that was about it. We'd never, never. You guys had a backdrop production. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and some moving lights. <laughs> yeah, sometimes, cool. sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, we had moving lights. We, yeah, it was the whole thing was there. It was, oh, it was weird. It almost felt like, like. It felt so big that it felt, felt like it was like, uh-huh. how do we, you know, on this budget and like playing those venues, like it just didn't seem like we'd ever, unless we started playing really, really much bigger places. I don't think we could have. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I think a lot of people don't realize how expensive it is to actually just just, just regular tour yeah. is expensive enough, but then to add all those elements you guys and are doing. The, here's another thing that was that was a little scary, it was a little freaky. Was um, we did the production rehearsal, and the whole plan was to load all this stuff in the back of a trailer that was going to get pulled by the bus. But the night that we were getting ready to go, it was became totally clear that we we had to hire on a rock wait did you say the night before yeah <laughs> so shit the night before like <laughs> three or four in the morning uh you know at uh, the rehearsal studio in the parking lot there was way you know, it was but there was way too much stuff to, uh, like mm-hmm. it was it was already twelve thousand pounds over, like the one trailer and so <laughs> we had to, we had to call in a like a rider truck yeah and figure that out and then we got the bus driver luckily had a good friend who Able and willing to do. Truck followed. Yeah, we had the truck and the trailer on the bus. All of it. We Jesus. totally blew the whole budget. It was like, yeah, right away. <laughs> um, but in the end, it was like with over just everything. Everything was fine. Yeah, I think it was a good good look for the band. Right. Uh. I was just remember as you were saying this, talking about a truck following you and everything. The tour that I don't know if I don't know if you one remember this or two ever even heard this, but the when we met each other yeah. in like early two thousand six when we toured together, uh, that was the first and maybe maybe the only time we had a, a like similar thing where we had a, a truck like oh. driving separately. And we hired this guy. I forget where the guy came from. It was like a friend of a friend or something. We hired this guy to follow with a truck and uh, full of gear and everything. And yeah. uh, if you remember, I don't know how well you remember, but that tour started started in Minneapolis in like February. So it's like the oh, yeah, worst yeah. time to be in the that mi- show. Yeah, never forget that one. Worst time to be in the Midwest oh, in February. Oh. Like just oh, awful weather, and we had to go from Minneapolis to Milwaukee. Which is it's not a crazy drive, but it's not a short drive. Right. And, uh, yeah, something like that. And we were in the bus, you know, so we, you know, we get to just kind of sleep through it. And it was, whatever it was, kind of a scary drive. Yeah, yeah. And uh, nobody slept great. Yeah. But uh, then the next day, uh, so we get to the venue, and uh, that the truck's there and everything. They unload the gear, and, and the truck driver goes to... 
Rigby's making some sounds here. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> she wants you to she wants you to uh, touch her or throw her toy. Uh, um, we're recording in a different room than usual, so uh, Rigby's really getting involved today. Uh, but anyway, so we get there, and the truck driver goes to the hotel nearby, and uh, he gets checked into the hotel. And then, as the day goes on, our tour manager just never hears from him. Literally no. again, ever. Oh no! Oh, my God. <laughs> well, uh, and I think it was like a couple of days. So we we got into like a panic, like what? What are we gonna do? And my old drum tech Kevin uh-huh. like stepped up and was like, "All right, I'll I'll drive. I'll drive the truck tonight." So he, yeah, after like working all day, doesn't sleep, drives the truck through the night, uh, and then I think like a day or two later, or however many days it was, we finally heard from this truck driver again, and he just admitted that he was terrified of that that, that oh, driving no. driving that truck through the terrible midwest winter just horrified him and he just went home god <laughs> and didn't tell he us didn't, didn't call <laughs> oh my gosh That's yeah cool. yeah oh so Kevin did that ride. Yeah. Oh my god. Just for just for like a night or two. I think like a couple of days that we our bus driver like had a friend that wasn't yeah, doing anything. Yeah. It was like, oh, he'll come out and do it and I can trust him. And he was of course the weirdest guy ever. But he did the drives though. Yeah. Yeah, that's Yeah, I'll never forget that show. That was the, that was one of the most awesome gigs we've ever played. Guys, it was at the eleventh right? Yeah. Yeah. Or 7th Street. Yeah, 7th. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, fantastic for some, yeah. show. It, yeah, it's such a tiny... Yeah, actually, if anybody's ever seen the DVD that came with the deluxe version of Commit This to Memory, that, that show is yeah. on that DVD. Yeah. Yeah. That's a very tiny venue. Like, Super tiny. All the other venues were... I don't know. I don't remember what the thinking... I think for some reason somebody thought, oh, let's shoot this DVD in this really tiny, tiny venue. Tiny venue. They, remember they tried to bring a crane in? Did you know <laughs> no, that? And it just literally... It was impossible. Just wouldn't do so it. we just like, nope, no on the crane. Yeah. I don't, <laughs> I don't think I was ever so cold in my life. Yeah. It was the coldest day ever. Oh, my gosh. The coldest day I ever felt in my life was in Minneapolis. Yeah. It wasn't that day either. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. I felt a day in Minneapolis where it was approaching. It was near thirty below. Not the not the wind chill. The real Very temp was like negative twenty six or something like that. It just hurts. Yeah. Like you can't even breathe. Yeah, yeah. You, you have to you have to run wherever you're going. <laughs> yeah, or you're going to die. Yeah, and you grew up in Chicago too. Yeah, yeah. So no. you yeah, felt plenty super, of cold. Super days. cold there, but yeah, the, Minneapolis is a different level. It's a it notch really up. Is. Yeah. A notch down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Have you been to some cold places lately? Uh, not really, no. Because, you know, I haven't really have mostly been here for the last couple of years now. Uh, oh, my gosh. We were in Moscow uh-huh. a couple of months I never ago. even got to go to uh, Russia at all. It was uh, February or January. It was... And living in California, you really do yeah all ability to handle it. Mm-hmm. I made fun of people for years, like what, and living here, like people would say it was cold. I was like, "You're crazy! This is like this is paradise." Yeah, and I finally turned that corner though, or yeah. like, it's you know sixty five or something. Gosh. I'm like, "Oh, it's cold." Yeah, I think it was. I think it was in the teens or something. <laughs> 
Yeah, I that hate can. the cold. I really uh, <laughs> am not a fan. Yeah. Felice Navipod will be right back. Hey, everybody. Tony Faxton here from Felice Navipod. I'm here to tell you about Downright.com. Are you familiar with it? You should be. It's a great website where you can go and you can buy a custom written song for you, whatever you want it to be. Artists like me are on there. Guys like Chris Farron are on there. So go buy a song, D-O-W-N-W-R-I-T-E dot com. And here's my promise. If you buy a song from me on downright.com, I promise it'll be way better than this. And now, back to Felice Navipod. When, uh, when, you, when you and Tim were... Rewinding back to the recent tour you did, uh, when you were DJing, were you kind of DJing, would you each do a set, or were you kind of doing this together? Uh, we, when Tim and I did our DJ sets, uh, they were billed as like, okay, go after party. But the, the real plan is Tim and I to, to sort of flesh out the production stuff that we do together, like outside mm-hmm. of OK Go. Uh, and just get to spin the kind of music that we like to listen to. Uh, we started a group, and we're a DJ group called Jaja Technique. Okay. Jaja Technique is uh, a name that we came up with when we were in China. We did a commercial, video commercial, sort of a, sort of an, a remake of an OKGO video. Yeah, it was like the the optical illusion video. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, we like sort of redid the writings on the wall video for a Chinese furniture company, Macaline. <laughs> because in China they don't really have Google and they don't really have YouTube, so we were pretty much unknown there. So it was oh wow! So sort of a good way for us to to get our foot in the door. Yeah, and and sort of have a presence there, and um. So the the tour is getting planned while we're shooting this video, and, and our manager is like, "You guys have to come up with a name. Uh, we can't, you know, we can't just book you guys as OK Go, especially if we want to do more DJ sets outside of the tour." And so I uh, found out, XIA means noble. Was noble oh, it's XIA. Sword. Yeah. In my head, I was imagining yeah. ZSA, like yeah. Zsa Zsa Gabor. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's the, kind of the idea, but right. it's XIA. Okay. Uh, and it means noble swordsman in Chinese. Okay. So Zsa Zsa Tech, DJ sets, and we do, uh, we sort of, him does most of of actual ending of the songs. Uh, I should also mention the fact that we, we, we wanted to, to do this for years and and uh neither of us ever got any real dj chops so we took um we took lessons from a friend of mine who runs a production school called matrix sessions uh it's in uh, hollywood and uh him and i did six weeks of dj lessons uh with this uh, dj hem guy named uh, fresh and they showed us the the ropes of what it is to be a DJ, how it how it works to like and beat match songs and blend 
uh, songs correctly and to really create arc of a DJ set. Okay, yeah. I want to know lots about this because I don't remember if it's on this podcast or my other dumb podcast that I do. <laughs> um, so we were talking about DJs and I am a, admittedly a dumb guy and I don't understand it because sure. I feel like so many times you go see a DJ and I'm just convinced it's... Sorry, breaking out there for a second. I'm I'm convinced that uh, half the time they're just... Press they're up play. there, yeah. They're up there with the laptop, and they just press press the space bar. There then... is there is that kind of DJ. Yeah, there there are those kind of guys. And don't get me wrong, don't get me wrong. I'm not I'm not accusing you of that. I no, no, no. I want to learn. No, to, here's the scoop, man. I from from a lot of when I went in, I thought it was going to be a lot easier than it was. Really, I was in more in your shoes. Like, how difficult can this? Be? Yeah, you know, you've got. You know, there was going to be some. I was thinking there was going to be some sort of technology that was going to be able to to match, um, you know, same tempo songs to each other, mm-hmm. and it was just going to be a matter of hitting a space bar. But it totally isn't. It's um, there, especially uh, especially if you're doing uh, mixing tracks that might be just a couple of beats per minute off. Mm-hmm. There, there are. You know, we use we're not we're not DJing with DJing with real vinyl. Um, we're using Serato, which is like a you know a, digi- a digitized version, like using MP3s and stuff. And you have a little bit more um, a concept of where the beats are uh, visually through the software program. You can okay. kind of tell where, like this. The machines that we're using, the mixers and the, uh, the interface, shows you where these beats are. But to to, to blend one song into another song uh, on headphones with one song playing super loud, yeah, and only being able to hear the other song in your headphones, trying to blend that into uh, blend those songs into each other is a lot more difficult. Okay. Yeah. No. I I would imagine that would be dope. And is is there something in the software then that allows? Are you like changing the tempo slightly? Then you can. You okay. can. There's there's uh there's there's um sliders and like tempo uh adjustments that you can make on the turntables, quote unquote. Yeah. Uh, there are CDJs, so you can kind of like if some if something is at one twenty eight and. Uh, and you want to blend it into a song that's 130, but you only have, like, you couldn't change um, the tempo of one of those songs. You're only going to have a couple of seconds where they actually do line up. Otherwise, they'll start flamming. Uh-huh. You know, like, the beats, you know, one will obviously be start speeding past the other one, so you gotta you got to make that change happen or match the tempos digitally um, quick enough that nobody, you know, the beat doesn't start skipping and start yeah. flamming and stuff. And you're and you are when you do this, you are doing all this on the fly. Yeah, yeah. Okay. A lot, a lot, of, a lot. Of I like stuff. that. Yeah, because uh, yeah, I'm convinced so many people just have like a playlist and they just go. Well, here's here's the thing. There there are, um, and I think like Tim, when we decided to do this, I, I went out and bought uh, a portable version of rigs that. Deep. Use it's like a sort of a smaller 
CDJ system. And I have uh, this three-year-old, so I just I didn't have any time to practice practice with it. So I sent it. To, <laughs> I let Tim have it, and he had like two weeks to work on beat matching. And so finally, when the tour came, I was like, "Oh shit! Well, what am, what am I gonna do? <laughs> like, you're the one who got good at this in the time that we had to rehearse it." And he's like, "Well, you know, you just keep feeding me good music because I I'm always listening to." new stuff all the time. I just, I love dance music. And so I'm like constantly trying to hear if I find something good, I'll, we'll put it in our set list. And, and during the sets, he'll, he'll be able to beat match these things. And I, I do some like emceeing and sort of like crowd interaction stuff, you know, uh-huh. how are you Vegas? You know, like that kind of like, you know, like, raise your hands you know like that sort of thing uh-huh. and then i also have um uh my computer with an ableton rig that i have a midi controller that i trigger sounds and so i can like i can i can play songs if i need to if something happens with tim's setup that doesn't work i can kind of like take over for a minute um but for the most part i have like horns and like laser sounds and <laughs> and like transitional stuff that can yeah. get one get from one track to the next everything from that classic horn sound you know like that air horn to yeah like i got that i got 808s and stuff uh-huh. like that and um so we we do our set. It's about you know it's like an hour hour and a half, and and we we really span the gamut. We start with really like cutting edge modern sounding stuff, and then we'll we'll go all the way to like played ACDC, eighties like early MTV era stuff. So we're really open format DJs, and uh, for the OK Go crowd, I think at first it's like house guys, and then stuff. That- Okay, go fans would probably listen more likely listen to. Yeah. And uh it's great fun. It's it's so much fun. But it's yeah. not it's not super easy. It's you sweat. You're like cuz you can you can you'll see a crowd go from being really into it to being ice cold. Really? Like you play the wrong track or the, and that's that's one of the harder things that that the teachers really we're trying to get across, like, look, it's your job to keep these people engaged. So and, you're, so you maybe don't even have what you're going to play picked out in advance. We do. Like, we have, okay. we have, but certain crowds won't respond. Do way. you make make some changes yeah, like, here and there? Maybe like, like the gig that we did in Boston, totally different, same playlist. Okay. Uh, and in Boston, it was like everything was hitting really well. In Denver, we had to like sort of side more with the rock. Dwayne Johnson, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, you sort of have to read the crowd and figure out what what they seem to like, and yeah, try to try to keep it going. And yeah, some things some things always work, and there's other things that uh you think are going to work, but flop. You know, like, right. I mean, I mean, it's, I mean, that's kind of just the same thing with playing a show yeah. in a band. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, so, uh, but we're the plan is to continue doing it and try to separate um, ourselves a little bit from OK Go shows and do some gigs around the country in the summertime, mm-hmm. just as Jaja. Nice. So, yeah. And it's good. No, this is seriously. This is this has been good for me because I I seriously have had this conversation with so many people. Like I don't understand. I'm convinced people are just checking their email on their laptop up oh, yeah. on stage. I mean, there's there's definitely that going on, especially yeah. the the not open format DJs, the guys who who've been like 128 or like 125, like these, you know, like. When you you go to a club and it doesn't ever sound like the beat ever stops, yeah, just like constant. Like some of those guys, they have you know eight songs already mashed together in yep. their computer. Yeah, you know they. I you know you can turn turn the bass down and it sounds like you're doing stuff, but uh-huh. the real the DJs that are especially the the ones with vinyl that we're doing it off of vinyl, like those guys, that's hard work, and you can't screw up got to have the next song ready and what's really hard what's really hard about it the hardest thing about djing for me was knowing how many more well, being aware that you only have 15 bars left you have to make the right and if you don't have you don't have the beats that time is running out and it's like, holy cow going to be at the point where this really needs this is going to go right I have to be into this next song and I'm not going to miss you and super stressful. Yeah. I would it's imagine. It's not just so, like, it's not just, as no, I do that. If just somebody gives me their iPod in a car yeah, and like, like a song's running out and I'm supposed to be picking <laughs> the next song, exactly. I totally understand. Yeah. Yeah. Much, much, uh, smaller stakes, but, yeah. uh, I feel that pressure. Yeah. Uh, I, did, have you done any DJ sets in the UK? No, we have not. Okay, because like that seems like it's a, even a bigger thing over there. Because yeah, it seems like after, I mean, you know, but for anybody listening that doesn't know, like, for some reason it, it seems like every club in the UK, like you play your show, mm-hmm. and then it seems like oh, yeah, afterwards yeah, yeah. they have these like massive nightclubs. Yeah, but it's but it's like, but they're kind of like rock nights though. Like, so it's yeah, like yeah. they're not just like playing dance music. They're just pl- you know they're playing like punk bands and, and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. Uh, but for us, but, for us, they were always like so much more uh, attended. Yeah, 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 totally. Like, no, they're be huge. Like, it'd be like 250 people for us, and then yeah. when the DJs come on, it's like 2,500. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's the same thing for us. Yeah, uh, but our our mutual friend and past guest on the show, Brian Diaz, I just saw him. Uh, he was just in the UK. He literally just got back like minutes ago, I think, from the UK. Oh. He was just texting me. Uh, he was just in the UK. And uh, I guess he was at one of these nights, and this this is going with more what I, you know, my guess on DJs a lot of the time was he, apparently some girl was DJing at this thing, and was literally just using Spotify and oh, a yeah. free Spotify account, so oh. the ads were coming on. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's awful. And I think he said, like, a, a midway through her set, he was like, I think she literally bought a, an account during her set because the ads stopped at one point. Wow. Gosh. So I'm glad to hear you're not, yeah. uh, you're not, 
Well, you know, I got to give... <laughs> Not I, that I thought you did. I got to give props to Tim, though. Tim really dug into it, and he... I think we were ready to, to go out there and, like, kind of have, like, songs and, like, here's the next song, and and try to, like, do it more of, like, an iPod. Tim was like, no, no, I I I have a long way to go to get as good as him, but uh, well, he doesn't have a kid to raise. Right he doesn't now, have a kid. So. <laughs> that's your past. Yeah, that's my past. Yeah. And he, he doesn't, doesn't know when to hit, he doesn't know when kid. to hit hit the horn either. <laughs> so there was there was times where he said I was like, oh man, I'm not really doing anything, and so uh, I think it was one of the first sets we didn't have a microphone, and then and the next gig we got a mic. Right, come on, St. Louis, let me hear you screaming like it, like really get into people's, you know, into their heads a little bit, and uh-huh. it really helped. Uh-huh. It like changed the whole dynamic of the that was was just, you know Tim and I playing music and and uh, you know finding out whose birthday it is or whatever, going nuts, screaming at people and telling people <laughs> to to move and look, you know put your hands up and that kind. Of uh huh. It's fun. It's great fun. And so you, you should not get paid as much as. <laughs> Don't say that. Don't say that on a thing. Don't say that on a thing that nobody will listen to. <laughs> it's so, so crazy. I was like, oh my gosh, we just played a set, you know, with three Kabuki screens. This thing is so much more entertaining and like pound for pound. Yeah. A thousand. Oh, oh, yeah. Well, there you go. You can mm-hmm. edit that, right? <laughs> um, edit? What's that? <laughs> um, I, I I will apologize in advance, but I feel like before... I want, we'll get into some Christmas talk here in a sec, yeah. but I feel like I want to... You and I have talked about this a little bit, but I think it's all super fascinating. You're probably sick of talking about it, but if you don't mind, I would love for you to talk a little bit about that last OK Go video that you shot in Japan. Okay. Uh just because that I mean first of all, you guys constantly piss me off because I don't <laughs> know how you I don't feel like Motion City ever made a good video. <laughs> yeah. Personally. And uh you guys oh, just constantly disagree. make I disagree. I think you guys made a really awesome video. There were some okay ones. There were some really good ones. Uh I wasn't fishing there. I was just No, 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 I know, but of <laughs> Continue on. You you want to know? <laughs> that's not, I'm not I'm not bashing anybody that worked on those videos. I just I'm not much on that. That's really what it is. Is I I find most videos just kind of boring and kind of just mm-hmm. eh, whatever. But yeah. you guys continually are finding a way to make these super interesting, fun, inter- just awesome videos. And every time I always for years now for like. Nine years now, I keep getting the inside scoop on all your videos uh-huh. because of knowing you, and I've, yeah. I've seen like all your videos early, and I've seen like rough cuts of them and stuff. And uh, and every time, I'm like, God, how do you guys keep fucking doing it? And this newest one, like, really blew my mind. Oh wow! Well, thank you, thank you. Yeah, that was a uh, that was a uh, <laughs> just stared down by Rigby. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> that. That video was really special. Um, 
it stars um this thing that Honda made called the Honda Unicub, which is uh basically a a sit down version of the Segway. Yeah. And they did they they came to you about this, right? Or uh, am I wrong about that? Well Yeah, I'm I'm not usually interviewed about the the finer points okay. of these things. So I, I, I totally understand. I so. don't I don't know where how it generated. I know that okay. uh Maury Hirano, the guy who uh, is involved with a lot of Honda's advertising, and Damien had met at a, at a conference, and they had always won. You know, they became friends, and whenever you know either one of them had an opportunity that seemed appropriate, they were definitely going to try to work together on something. Right. So this Honda thing came up. So I think it was Honda to us through Maury. Okay. I don't. Uh, Maury doesn't work. For Honda exclusively, but uh, Honda and Mori had have a relationship, and and they wanted to do something with the Unicub, and so he presented it to us, and so we went out there to Tokyo and and played around with these Unicubs for about ten days, to figure out what kind of movement yeah. is that we what's and um, they're really fun things to ride for a short amount of time. <laughs> they're pretty slow and they're kind of, uh, the, the, it's not like you really, you can predict what they're going to do after you get used to it. But at first they're really kind of, they have a mind of their own and it's really just about like using your hip, uh, the weight in your hip hips to sort of like tilt one version and uh, tilt one way and it'll, that way but to really do something choreographed takes a long time yeah and um and sometimes they just flip out and like fall over (laughs) fall and uh uh, there was a lot of that happening during our shoot um yeah uh and so we did this we did this test and, and we there was you know a bunch of people there that had ideas about doing uh, mass game kind of uh, movements with you know a bunch of them having a bunch of people on them at the same time and like you know winding around and stuff uh-huh. uh, and um, so really that's kind of like how it started and then as um, as we worked with them we like we left and they they had some time to to think about other ideas and uh, what other sort of movements that we could have uh in the video uh the idea of using a drone came up and that was a really yeah, powerful that's element crazy because that the whole thing shot was on shot the, on the drone yeah yeah because so, i think i when the video first came out i remember watching it with some friends and stuff and so many people didn't realize that i think yeah and i i had i had the inside scoop so yeah. i got to give them like well actually they uh you know yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and that and blew so many people's minds yeah that th- shot it even at the end when it goes up so high yeah that's, that's all still... that's a real shot that yeah. that thing that drone that they used and see this is the this is the part like i don't know the specifics but this was like military grade like you couldn't shoot this video in the united states mm-hmm. they have rules against flying drones that high here like they had, you know, military level guys that were operating this. We could go a mile, and this is into, you know, air. 
and uh, they were so accurate and yeah. so on all the time. And so they, they, there's an operator that up, that operated the actual drone itself, and then there was a camera operator that could move the camera on the drone, and then there was another GPS guy who's vicinity time, and uh, <laughs> it would go up, you know, for 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 like in the middle of the video, it goes like medium height, and then comes back down, and we're sort of like within twenty feet of it. Mm-hmm. And this thing is has four colors on it. Loud. It's like it's like it's like a garbage truck. It's like, yeah. it's the loudest thing you've ever heard. It's really I didn't think frightening. About that side of it. Yeah. And uh and so like, you know, we'd be shooting shooting next to it and then it would just take off and in a split second it would be a dot. Uh, <laughs> it was, it was so weird. Well, how did just in in uh, being a guy that's made some videos? I, I guess I never thought about this till you're saying this. How did you? Because you know, they're, you're, you guys are still like lip syncing to the song and doing like choreography to it. How are you? And and plus, the video starts inside, then goes outside. Mm-hmm. How is the playback situation working? Especially dealing with the noise of the drone and all that. Well, here's there's one interesting thing that. They did a really good job of making it seem like it was actually shot at real, but it was shot at half. Right. So the playback was like, yeah, yeah. I remember because I think the first time you showed it to me, yeah. I saw just the halftime right. version. Yeah, and uh, um, so they would they would pump that 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 music out and PA's like off camera, really really loud. Uh huh. Did you anywhere. have like several PAs or were yeah, there somebody I mean, they like were carrying every, they stuff? They were okay. everywhere. They okay. were like behind buildings and right, stuff. Right, right. Because yeah, since you guys start loud. inside but then end up outside. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and so like obviously all that stuff was hidden out of sight, but it was really, really loud and uh, super slow. And you had to really sort of like practice singing and climbing along. And, like yeah. it was like really surprising. <laughs> I remember watching it like, they could break into the closet. Like, no problem for this thing. So, so thank you. Yeah, I'm so glad insane. you like that video. It's one of As, my favorites. Too. Yeah, I love, yeah. I was gonna say, do you have of all the crazy videos you guys have done? Uh, do you have a favorite? If you uh, had to pick one, uh, well, you know that you know, like it's corny to say, but they're all like they all kind of feel like kids, and right. you you work really hard on each, and so there's there's moments where you actually actually hate them. Like uh-huh. that one was. There wasn't a whole lot of uh, moments during that shoot where we felt that it wasn't a ton of fun. There was some scary moments where we weren't getting what we needed because it was raining and drone can't fly in the rain. Okay. Unicubs roll on the wet ground. So um, the, the major shoot days that we had were kind of postponed. For, and so that was stressful, but like, all in all, like doing that one was just joy because every everybody that we worked with in Japan, yeah, choreographers Japan were is so the best. Good. The girls that are in that video never screwed. they were yeah. every uh, the drone operators. Everybody was so excited to be there every day, even on the days that were and that we weren't going to get anything. 
there and mm -hmm. it was amazing it was awesome yeah. was, i think that is my favorite yeah uh, second second to that one i guess the, the next favorite one would be the one with the dogs was a lot of I fun. I think that I was going to say I think that's that, probably my second that favorite one. Was, one that one was was that's a ton of fun. Cuz again, both of those all your videos I feel like so many of them are one-shot things that yeah. are just crazy that you pulled it off and the fact that you pulled that off with dogs yeah. is incredible. I feel that's a very underrated one. I feel like no one really talks about yeah, that. Yeah, I I agree. I agree. I think that one's definitely one of my favorites and and uh what's really a really sweet thing about it is that we, we were doing takes for that video and we were on the fifth day of takes Not we hadn't gotten one like a keeper yet. And, um, we came into the, on the fifth day and the very first take was perfect. So we knew, we knew we, we had it, what we, uh -huh. so we had a few days left. I think we had another. Oh, wow. We did that. That perfect take was number 72. I think Jesus. we went up to 120. But the sweet thing about it was that the dogs heard from the trainers that the dogs, uh, when it was over, they were all like, they were sad. Like they wanted to go back to work. Like mm. they were really excited <sighs> to do that again. <laughs> and like they were really, like really pumped. And like, yeah. and it was, it was just sweet because every day they would show up and they were, always in a great mood yeah and they would work there a couple hours that we could have them that day they'd work really hard so awesome and uh i love dogs so much it's like yeah, I, I constantly awesome. say that like when when i get home and like you come home and see how excited your dog yeah. is like i'm like i wish anything made me just a fraction <laughs> exactly. of totally. that excitement totally. like, yeah. yeah it's like i just love how in the moment and just like stoked they are about everything oh gosh, yeah it's the best totally yeah and then you also you're responsible for one of my favorite days that's ever existed when what? you guys did the muppet video oh, and yeah. you let me come to the the shoot that was one of the greatest days of my life <laughs> <laughs> was that so was so giddy all day long. That was absolutely the easiest video we've ever done. Yeah. Like having the Muppets, like the kind of muscle power behind that, like that yeah, was, that a was an intense shoot. Was, yeah. Like there was a lot of, there was a lot of stuff, but it was, it wasn't like, it was pro. Top right. Well, that, yeah, that's what I mean. Oh it's my just gosh, like, it was there like, was, whoa, this everything was taken easy. care of. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got um, to meet Animal. I got to meet Gonzo. You got to meet the, all the, Guys. And then I just got to watch a lot of I mean, the the scenes uh, at the end when you guys are all in the bed. Yeah, uh, I, I watched all those scenes being shot, and yeah, that was yeah. uh that was a very surreal day for me. Yeah, that it, in in the world of OK Go videos, that was the most Hollywood version. Yeah. Oh yeah. Do it one more time. Okay, it's perfect. Good. <laughs> Moving on. Like it doesn't ever happen. But, yeah. Uh, Pretty yeah, great. The Muppets are fantastic. It was super. It was so fun to watch. Uh, just to, I, first of all, just to see it, but then to watch how in between takes, how they just stay in character. Yeah, yeah. Like I, you, like because like the bed stuff. Like I couldn't see the puppeteers because they're like under this platform. But right. then like the director is literally like talking to 
the Muppet. Like saying, <laughs> hey, Rolf, could you move a little to the left? And then he's, okay. And then like replying totally. in character. And, all, and it's such a strange but awesome thing to watch. Yeah. It was so much fun. I, I, I totally agree. That's that's what it was like on the shoot. There was a, one of the first times I met uh, Animal, though. Um, it wasn't on camera. And the puppeteer was animal was like was alive right like the the puppeteer was working uh-huh and then it was like they cut or they stopped and he put animal it was frightening to come out of the it was like, it, was like oh, it just died like it was yeah. like it was shocking to see it like lose like mm-hmm. it was like watching somebody pass out yeah cuz i think i think when i arrived to the set that day you like kind of walked me around and showed me, and because I, I think you were kind of like in between scenes, so nothing yeah. was being shot when I first showed up. But you started walking me around, and I got out, and and there were just like some tables, and like there's just like Kermit and Fozzie <laughs> yeah. and stuff just like laying on a table, totally. And it just was so strange yeah. to see because like oh those are like the real thing; these aren't like toys of them. That's the real deal, but they're just lifeless laying on this table and yeah. yeah. And, and like Kermit when, you know, when Kermit's on and he's you know, he's animated and and then the moment that it's like it stops and the puppeteer lets go, it's almost like watching somebody pass out because like yeah. when 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 Kermit is alive, the room is totally on him. Like the puppeteer yeah. Gone. Yeah. And you're just totally drawn to Kermit. And then when that change happens, it's like, oh, shit, what happened to Kermit? Like, oh, yeah. just like, he just died. Like, and you're like, oh my gosh, this, this is, the puppeteers are so talented. And mm-hmm. there's just such top notch uh, comedians. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. It's a surreal experience. Yeah. Cause I remember thinking beforehand, I was like, you kind of told me, like, I kind of talked to Eric, the guy that, that yeah. performs Animal now, and you were like, you know, I told him you were coming, and he's like, well, make sure that you get to meet Animal, and I was like, that's really awesome, but that <laughs> sounds really awkward, though, at the same totally, time, because totally. I'm going to see this guy standing there, and, but it's just like, in that moment, though, you just, yeah, you get totally caught up in it, and he just yeah. kind of disappears, even though he's literally right next to you. Yeah, yeah. totally. That was that was a great day. Um, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, we're, you know, we're 50 minutes into the Christmas podcast. and yeah, We've we talked a bit. I'm, I'm trying to think of <laughs> no, ways it's to get always, it. It's always what happens. It's fine. Uh, but, uh, so let's, let's go down that road a little bit. Uh, you are, uh, you are, you're us. Not totally new, but what, Cohen? Or, sorry, I don't know if you want me to say the name or not. I'm sure you can. Uh, I don't know. Some people don't oh, okay. get that info out there. But uh, your son is... is 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 he three yet, or is he? He's going to be four. Oh, he's going to be four. He's okay. going to be four. I couldn't remember exactly how old in he December. Okay, right so that's. Christmas. Oh yeah, his birthday yeah, is right yeah. be- right before, right? Right. Yeah, before it's Christmas? it's about it's about a week and a half before. Nice. And uh, uh, and this is probably it's probably going to be like prime year this yeah. year coming up for. Yeah, it's it's really it's it's a super exciting, but it's tricky because uh-huh. there's his party. And and then there's Christmas, and you have to like, you want one to be, you want them to be distinctly different. Yeah. And um, my birthday is in the middle of July or the end of July, so I've never had any like 
like feeling like they're doubled up on each other at all. It was, yeah. it was always the opposite. You know, it's just yep. probably yeah, felt like the opposite yeah. sides. And um, Christmas was something that was like at this huge explosion at the end, uh, you know, in the middle of the winter, you know, like comes Christmas. Now, Cohen, like it is kind of tough to think about what toys to save for his birthday and what if you know what you know what Santa's going to give him mm-hmm. and like how to wait it and like going to be more special like how do you negotiate this right. really tough and yeah. and now it's all really starting to become important because oh well that's that's definitely a that's more oh really yeah like certain trucks well, that'll be more for Christmas. Are these just when when he's? It's random. Okay, but I was gonna like, say, can you make any sense out of this? No, no, no. That's that's the thing about a three year old. It's, it's hard to know <laughs> what the logic is at all, if there's any at all. Um, but like he's like, oh yeah, this isn't quite. Okay. <laughs> like... If you say so. It sounds hard to believe, but after uh, spending some quality time with him two days ago, I I can see this. I can see that conversation happening. He's he's awesome like that. Um, And uh, so I'm not really sure what we're going to do special for his birthday, but, uh, you know, the first birthday was, you know, they're they're hardly even conscious of it. Uh, But now he knows coming. We want to do something special, and I think we're gonna. He's really into Transformers now. He yeah. really likes uh, things called Paw Patrol, and you know, I I totally understand now. Like, the, and it makes even even more important to sort of like push that non Christmas theme mm-hmm. on his birthday, and then really like really differentiate. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, he's coming, and it'd be good, and right, yeah, that kind of thing. That's right. Yeah, I never really thought about. I mean, I've thought about when you have the birthday that close, but I never really thought about the reality of it. I guess, yeah, especially if when they're that young. Yeah, it's it's been tricky for me because like you can't. You better be, you know, you better be good because Santa's not going to come. Oh yeah, it's your birthday. You still got, you know, like. You can't leverage Santa against his birthday, you know. Like right. Santa exists for for Christmas, and and yeah, yeah, you can't. Yeah, be it's like, like yeah, you have to. You better go to bed because your birthday is gonna suck. You're like Santa's <laughs> mad at you, you know. Like totally, and you know, like negotiating that kind of stuff is kind of tough. And and uh, but um, Christy, my wife, is very much into uh, stockings, and like he's. She grew up with like getting tons and tons of. Yeah, stock, the stockings were big in my family. Yeah, too. we yeah. my family didn't. We didn't really do the stocking thing. It was about one. Okay, maybe something. Big. I remember I got a drum set. I think I brought this up. But okay, yeah, I think I so. I got a drum set. Yeah, so that that's that kind was, of like your big yeah, Christmas like memory, was, right? And uh, you know, in our family, it was like one kid. There was four of us. there would be one thing on the Cohen 25 things scattered all over the house all from yeah. Santa they're done like 
it's it's a it's a something we're 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 making up as we go and yeah. uh there's no right or wrong way I feel yeah like. there's no right yeah. or wrong way and, and you know i know that when it at christmas morning i was up at four. Oh yeah I, I remember like getting up well before anyone else mm-hmm. yeah my my dad had a rule that, that I, I wasn't allowed to wake him up unless the sun was up yet oh, really yeah okay I that was the one would... rule that we had yeah. but you could be up I could be up, but I I couldn't wake, wake them him up. up. You couldn't yeah. like, like create some sort of like. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like I'd go down and get the get the peek at the what was going on under the tree mm-hmm. and take a look at the stockings. Not everything would be wrapped in the stockings, so right. I'd get that like sneak preview kind of like. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, I got that. Yeah. Um, I'm excited for Cohen. I don't know if he cares about this, <laughs> but I'm excited for him because he's prime age right now. And right, oh, yeah. but sandwiched between his birthday and Christmas, the new Star Wars movie's coming out. Is that what's happening? Yeah, is, is it that week? Oh, it's a, it's, it's like December eighteenth, I believe. Is the oh my gosh! Date. Yeah, I know he maybe well, he's a little on the young side you know, for it, but I was I was in pretty young. So you know, I I've been thinking a lot about that. How to uh, how to show Star Wars where to begin? You got you so, got you got to go how we saw it. You gotta go really, four, you gotta four, do five, it that six. way. Yeah, you gotta go that. For- Can't start with the Jar Jar Binks yeah. era. You don't even necessarily have to go there. Although, yeah. although at the same time, I've heard a lot of arguments, and like I don't disagree. Like, like we were old when those movies came out, but mm-hmm. I think kids that were were kids when those prequels came out, I think they love those movies. Yeah. Well, like, I think I think Cohen is going to respond to those. Yeah. A little bit more. Yeah. It just. Powerful. There's less, yeah. you know, like. I mean, they're uh, kind of more aimed. I mean, they're all yeah. really kids' movies, but like those are yeah. especially aimed at kids. Definitely. Like, uh, so I've been I've been trying to figure out exactly how to do it, and yeah, because I think you got to have that uh, that Empire Strikes Back moment of uh, when you find out Darth yeah. Luke's father. You got to have that exactly. Exactly. Yeah, you got to have that surprise. You know what's funny? Uh, he got for Christmas. He got a like a three and a half foot. T- uh-huh. I think I saw it Statue. the other day, yeah. Action figure. Uh-huh. And uh, what's awesome about three-year-olds is that they don't see any differences. Spider-Man, Darth Vader, and a Transformer, they all live in this, all fighting. For- uh-huh. They're enemies of each other. Like, all of them hate each other. All of them are heroes. And uh, I'm just like, how do I explain to him that Darth Vader is He's the evil lord of this thing, and because right now Darth Vader is like the coolest superhero <laughs> Cohen's right. got. Yeah, <laughs> he's like the last. He's the leader of all the superheroes. Superman answers to uh, uh, Darth, and <laughs> so I just like some of the stuff. I just I'm not going to worry about it until it's like all right. right. Game rolls. You know that that voice is going to come out of that thing because right uh-huh. now it's like. I'm a, I'm a superhero. Like that's not Darth's voice, son. I'm sorry. Right? Yeah, they really thought about that. Like having like not having the context of what he actually is. <laughs> it's just this cool looking guy. He has a Boba Fett, and uh-huh. he doesn't. Th- I I think I think Jesse, her ex old band member, uh-huh. tried to explain to Cohen that Boba Fett. That's what his name is. I was like, not having it. I was like, that's not Boba Fett. <laughs> he's like, well, he's a technically a bounty hunter, and he, uh, he's not necessarily a good or bad guy. And but somebody he, uh... bought Boba Fett's, uh, bought Cohen Boba Fett's 
is like helicopter thing. I don't know what it is. The ship, the slave. It's, it's called the slave one. It's the slave one. Sorry, <laughs> and I was like, Cohen, do you know that Boba Fett rides in that thing? He's like, does not ride that? <laughs> I was like, all right, fine. Not in my world. No. <laughs> uh, uh, that's good. Well, uh, I hope that uh, he gets into that stuff so mm. that I can come over and play with all those toys. Oh man, you are invited anytime. <laughs> He's so much fun. We had a lot we of fun. Had a the great other time. What did he say? He said this is- <laughs> we were we had gone outside and he had these little like glow in the dark rings and we were mm-hmm. twirling around and we started doing that. And he just goes, he looks at me and he said, "This is gonna be an awesome night." That's <laughs> <laughs> so great. Oh, I was jealous. I was like, "Oh, he said that to you." Oh, I've never gotten that one. <laughs> yeah, that made my night. That was oh. uh, that was the highlight of my week so far. That's awesome. <laughs> Uh, well, uh, before, before we wrap up here, there's, there's been one other thing that I've been, I've been getting people to, uh, I've been asking people lately, uh, friend of the show, Dave clock has a jacket. Well, first he, his two favorite things in the world, he's obsessed with chicken sandwiches (laughs) and hockey so much so that a friend made a giant patch for a jacket that says, Hockey and sandwiches. <laughs> and so I've been asking people lately, if you were going to have a patch, you had to have a patch on your jacket, and it listed two things, what would be your two things that your jacket said? Two very favorite things. Yeah. I know it's, I know it's tough on the spot. Uh, yes, it would be... Oh, this is part This is Cohen. Cohen. Nice. <laughs> because there's a balance there's there. There's a right? balance there because Cohen, I love sleep, especially after tw- yeah. a whole lot of sleep. And Cohen being asleep, uh-huh. getting good sleep, those two things, when those things are, are spinning together, yin yanging perfectly, there's no better life. <laughs> and I mean, that's including me getting sleep. Right. Because if Cohen he's asleep, sleep, you can sleep. It, it's, Sleeping cone right right now in this moment, at the like in this moment today, Cohen getting good sleep. Nice, that's great. Uh, Dan, yeah. uh, thanks so much for doing this. My pleasure. Thanks for coming by. Uh, it actually before we totally wrap, is there anything else? You guys have any other tours coming up or anything? Anything you want to promote? Um. Well, nothing. Uh, nothing in stateside, really. Uh, we're gonna going back to to, uh, to Japan and going to. Oh wow! Have you ever done that? We've never played there. Yeah, I've never been. Either. Um, and we didn't think that we were going to, but the... thanks. So we're gonna go do that at. Uh, oh, there is a. We are going to be playing in, in hockey. You can go on the. Nice. Cool. Oh, yeah. But... Awesome. Cool. Well, uh, thanks so much. Yes, thank you, man. And, I appreciate uh, it. And Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you. Hey, do you like to buy things? Of course you do. We all do. You know where a great place to buy things is? 
Amazon.com. Wait, no, FelizNavipod.com. Go there, go to the Amazon banner at the top of the page, and then just go shop on Amazon like you always would. And then a portion of what you purchase will go to support the show. We thank you. Now do it. Alrighty! <laughs> that's, that's the end of another Felice Navi pod. Uh, thank you, Dan Kanapka. Thank you, OK Go, for all of your memories you've given us. <laughs> um, no, uh, Dan is a great friend. I've known him for, as I said, about nine years now. Uh, good man. Um, and a good band. Uh, he gave you his plugs, so check them out. They're doing awesome stuff always. I'm doing what I can. Let's be honest. I'm doing what I can. And I'm canning what I do. I stole that from Mr. Show. I can't take credit for that line. Is it even that great of a line? I like it. Who are you to judge? Um, guys, I'm at Tony Thaxon on Twitter and Instagram. TonyThaxon.com. You can find out all that garbage. Uh, and again, Patreon.com slash Tony Thaxon. Do that. Uh, pledge. You can uh, pledge a dollar if you want. I don't care. Pledge a dollar. You have to do that. If you don't even do that, I don't think any less of you. Um, but uh, it's it would be very appreciated. Uh, I you know it's fun to do that stuff, and uh, you guys supporting me allows me to do the stuff that I like doing. Makes sense. Cool. Um, yeah, and I think that's really. I don't have a ton else going on right now to let you know those things. Um, I hope to have some more stuff for you soon, so stay tuned, and hopefully we'll keep rolling out the episodes for you, and those uh, Patreon uh, backers will get a bonus episode later this week, so uh, pledge to that if you are interested in that type of thing. Um, I think that's going to do it, other than to let you know that Christmas is December 25th. So, uh, I have been Tony Thaxton, that's Ben Rigby, and as always, we wish you a Merry Christmas.